<laughs> Hello, boils and ghouls, creeps and kiddies. It's your old pal, the Cryptkeeper. Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horrifying unknown. <laughs> You are listening to the Trick or Treaters podcast. Movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Trick or Treaters podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, JR, JR, and with me as always is my colleague and friend, Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing today? Hello, Jar. I am doing wonderful. Uh, uh, I, I just got back from my third viewing of the new Scream. Yes, in fact, it's been a while since you and I have gotten together to record Trick or Treat podcast. The holidays hit. We've had some, you know, partially by fall, some hit and misses on getting together. But since we, uh, in that time frame, the holidays came and gone, uh, Scream 2022 dropped. So just quickly, you know, catch us up. Uh, what, how was your holidays um, from Christmas, New Year's Eve, and leading to the opening premiere of Scream 2022? Yeah, so uh, this is, oh, I had a pretty uh, pretty decent Christmas. I just went down to my parents and uh, 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 had Christmas with my family as usual. Uh, a New Year's, I think I was at work, so nothing really uh, there. And uh, as far as like uh, what all has been going on this year and the opening of Scream, so everybody knows that like Scream's, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time. So, of course, I wanted to do something special for the new film. So I actually went to Orlando for the weekend and I watched uh, Scream in theaters uh, at Disney Springs at uh, at Disney World with uh, CC, Teddy, uh, Yusuf, uh, uh, Vanya. Uh, Bryce and and some of our other friends, like a bunch of our friends who are, who have other podcasts who have been guests on our shows and stuff like that, uh, we all watched it together at the uh, AMC there, and we watched it in Dolby, and that was insane because you can just hear and feel everything in that movie. And yeah, it was just like I saw that, absolutely love the film. I think I have it right under the uh, the original as far as ranking right now. And I just, like I said, I just got back from my third viewing. I watched it a second time earlier this week, and I just watched it again today because I figured I didn't have anything else to do, so why not? How about you, JR? For us, you know, it was good to finally get together for Christmas. Unfortunately, last Christmas, due to the, you know, ongoing pandemic, we weren't able to get together, and we actually had a COVID outbreak at the time, and uh, unfortunately, I lost a few people. So this was like the first time we were able to finally, you know, I feel like as a family get together where everybody was healthy and in good spirits. Um, so we had a good Christmas. We had a really low key, small New Year's Eve. Me and my wife just spent the, spent time together, I had food brought in. And that was pretty much it. Um, unfortunately, for because, again, the ongoing pandemic, there was a small COVID scare with my uh, at my sister, with my sister's family. And uh potentially due to exposure so i wasn't able to take my nephew like i wanted to but i was able to um book a late night premiere showing of scream which was fun and 
you know, I don't want to get too far into the details because I know it's still we're still fresh and I want to give people a chance to go watch it and not spoil anything. I really enjoyed it. Uh, for me, I know there's a lot of differences, opinions of where Scream 4 land, uh, lands on people's favorite list. Um, it's not on my list as being a film that I enjoy. A lot of it has to do with the beginning and the ending of, of Scream 4, why I didn't enjoy it. And for me, similar to Halloween 2018, um, I thought, you know, there was some redemption that was done with Halloween 2018. I felt the same way with um, Scream 2022. There was some redemption for me picking up where the original trilogy left off. And I think there was a lot of good characters that were introduced. I think if they never make another Scream sequel, um, it is what it is. Uh, But if they do, there's a lot of directions they can go. And either way, I'm good with it. I'm good where they left it at. I thought it was uh, amazing. They do pick up the sequel, I think, with the new cast of characters that they brought in for Scream 2022. Um, they can do a lot of things with them. So, and I'll leave it at that. Like I said, I don't want to get too far in details and talk about actors' roles or the story of Scream 2022 because, again, I want people to go out and experience. Hopefully, they ha- they have. If they haven't, please, ladies and gentlemen, I highly recommend it. Um, for me, this is one of the best horror films that have I've seen in the last decade. It you know, as much as I love Halloween 2018. This is it's how much I love Scream 2022. So uh, go out there and watch it as soon as you can. Um, well, and speaking of Scream, Kyle, we are actually talking about a uh, the original sequel of Scream released in December of 1997, uh, directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson. Scream 2, starring our favorites, of course, uh, Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott, David Arquette as Dewey Riley, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, and also returning Jamie Kennedy as Randy Meeks. And one of the things we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Kyle and I, during this time off, we kind of looked at what we're doing with uh, Trigger Trees podcast, and we decided to kind of give it a revamp, a refresher. Instead of doing a play-by-play, blow-by-blow, if you will, of the films, we want to do more of a companion piece. We want to talk about some key aspects of the film, some things we like, some things we didn't like. Um, and the whole goal is to keep it within 30 minutes. That way you kind of hear our perspectives of some of the uh, the bigger aspects of the film. And then from there, you can go out and watch the film. Or if you haven't seen the film, um, then it wouldn't give a lot of potential spoilers for it. But we definitely recommend that you watch the film before it. So as before we get into that review or our um, review of the overall aspect of Scream 2, just give you that little tidbit. So uh, my first thing for you, Kyle, is coming for back from the original, you have David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and Jamie Kennedy. How do you feel about these four individuals, all four of them reprising their same character in Scream 2? Oh, I love it. Uh, I mean, I mean, the, the uh, beside, uh, you know, unfortunately, spoiler alert, uh, you know, we're, this is Jamie Kennedy's last screen film, but you know, we still have the trio who's been in all the screen films of of of, ne- of you know Neve, David Arquette, and Courtney Cox. I mean, it's, that trio is amazing. Uh, 
uh, also I love that Randy, you know, that Randy came back. He was obviously a fan favorite from the original and uh, people was happy to see him back in this. You know, it's sad that he didn't have anything after this. I mean, he he did a little bit of thing in Scream 3 for a little video, but other than that, uh, you know, this is this is it for him. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad that they returned. But uh, uh, one of the things I really liked was this new cast, some of the newer members that got added in. My favorite being Cece uh, Cooper, who is uh, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, who everybody knows is Buffy Summers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And also, she's uh, also in uh, I Know We Did Last Summer, which is another one of my favorite slashers. Yeah, so one of the things for me, uh, as far as the original four characters coming over, I thought it was great because you have to have some part of the original when you do a sequel. I think a lot, some films, when they do a sequel and you don't have the original cast members, especially the significance of Nev Campbell, uh, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, um, and then as a supporting character, Jamie, Jamie Kennedy, I think that hurts the overall film. Um, I think with Jamie, Jamie Kennedy's role as Randy Meeks, even though he's a supporting character, he's so great, especially when you look at the original doing the, the horror movie rules. And then in this one, with his interaction with as Randy with Gal and Dewey, um, it's great for you know up until the point where he unfortunately meets his uh, meets his doom, if you will. Going into the new characters, um, similar to the original, you had Drew Barrymore who started the film uh, and scream and was the first victim. You also have at the time up and comers uh, some well known names now. You have Omar Epps playing Phil Stevens, and you also have Jada Pickett uh, play Maureen Evans. And then I think another huge part of that is Sharon Michelle Giller playing C.C. Cooper. So basically, yeah, three big cameos in my you know my estimation, um, similar to Drew Barrymore, that kind of I think helped build up the star power. And when you see them in the film, it's like, hey, anything you know, anything can go. These were you know three three great actors actresses um up and coming have gone on to do amazing things in their you know respective roles i, I mean i when for example when uh, jada pickett was in the tv show gotham i loved her a lot uh omar epps has done a number of films one of the ones that i'm trying to remember off the top of my head um is i believe the film love and basketball uh, i remember like in high school so many kids love that film and then when you have CC, I mean, Sharma Michelle Giller as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I mean, such an iconic TV role that she was in, as well as, you know, she's done a number of films as well. The Another cameo, uh, it was a very small cameo, but I thought it was also great, was Josh, Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson, for those of you who are not familiar, he was in Dawson's Creek, and, bef and before Dawson's Creek, he had, was the lead child actor, uh, in the Mighty Duck series, as um, oh, why does his name get me in the movie? Um, can you help me, uh, Kyle? Do you remember his name in the Mighty Ducks? Uh, Charlie Conway. That's what it was. Charlie Conway, the one of the biggest lead roles of that film. So I thought that's cool. They there was just a lot of even in camera roles, just a lot more star power in this film, and I thought that was great. How do you feel um, as far as the setting? So we're going from Woodsboro, the community of Woodsboro, now um, Randy 
and Sydney have gone on to college and are at Windsor College. How do you think about the new setting of the film? Yeah, it was odd that you know this doesn't take takes takes take place in Woodsboro. It's in Windsor College. That's that's uh, uh, that's said to be in in Ohio. And uh, for those wondering, this is actually filmed. The outside parts are filmed at. It's said to be filmed at. I think it's called Agnes College in Atlanta, Georgia, which is an all women's college. But uh. Yeah, it's, it's kind of odd not being filmed in Woodsboro, but uh, it, 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 I like the whole college campus uh, uh, setting a lot. It reminded me a lot of uh, did uh, I don't know if anybody if you ever seen the one slasher movie Urban Legends. It reminded me a lot of that because that takes place on like a college campus, like a, a bunch of film students, but uh yeah, uh, the, the the college campus uh, was neat, uh, but the, 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 I think the, the the setting I liked the most in this though was I think this, probably my favorite part in this film is the opening. The opening is super iconic, as you know, as is as the original. But like this one takes place in a movie theater where they're premiered uh, Stab, which is the movie within a movie based off of the original killings in the uh in in the, the first film and like man the, the way that they set up this this movie th- theater like had, they had all the ghost face people dressed it as ghost face uh watching the stab premiere and like i know it's been an ongoing joke but i mean uh me and all my friends were just like yeah if our per when we go see the new screen movie if it doesn't like this then, then i'm gonna be upset and that's what i was that's what i, I was hoping but you know Unfortunately, there's been tragedies where people have, uh, uh, have, have, you know, uh, have done shootings, mass shootings at movie theaters. So that has stopped people from being able to wear masks in movie theaters. So unfortunately, we, we couldn't do that. But yeah, uh, I really like this opening with, with the, all, everybody in the theater. And it's really neat how they do it, how Ghostface stabs Jada Pinkett uh, Smith's character, um, um, Harine, but and nobody in the theater seems to care because they don't really know if she's playing or not until she finally you know dies on the screen. And uh, one of the funny things I don't know if you caught on, uh, Jr. Do you realize that okay, so, so that you know they're watching Stab, and of course it's based off of the original killing to the original movie. So they of course use characters that we learned about in the original, like Casey Becker and stuff. Uh, well. In the stab uh, a movie, uh, apparently uh, the movie within a movie uh, in the original film, in the original scream, there was a thing where uh, Sydney had was talking to somebody and basically saying along the lines of, "If they ever make a movie about this, uh, I wonder who they'll they'll get to get me. Probably somebody like Tori Spelling or something." Well, Tori Spelling was who played Sydney in the stab movie it, it, within the movie, which is hilarious. Yeah, so um, you had mentioned uh, Jada Pinkett's role, Maureen and Omar um, as Phil Phil Stevens. They're going to see the premiere of Stab, which is in the movie of Scream, is based on the book The Winsboro, Woodsboro Murders by Gail Weathers. And it wasn't said, to my knowledge, in the original Scream what grade uh, the characters of Randy and... 
uh, Sydney were, as well as Stu and Billy and Tatum. But my assumption is that this film is easily a few years into the future um, that's supposed to be because now they're in, in college. And as they were watching this, the staff film, um, the character um, played by uh, Cece, Drew Barrymore, in this in the film of the film Stab is played by Heather Graham, who play, excuse me, not Cece, Casey, Casey Becker is played by Heather Graham. And that's where everything kind of the beginning of the murders happen. Um, and everybody thinks it's a stunt because it's set up like a stunt. They gave the Hollywoods came out and they gave everybody the costumes, the Ghostface costumes. I remember in the movie theater, they had the rolling uh, Ghostface costumes like on wire. It gave a really cool aesthetic look of it. And as they're entering college, we're also um, greeted with some new characters. We have they're joining Sydney and Randy in college. We have Haley, played by Lee Sneal, who is Sydney's roommate. We have Derek, who's played by Jerry O'Connell. That is Sydney's boyfriend. And we have, I can never say his name right, and I love him to death. His name is Timothy Olympian, and, that's, and he plays Mickey, who is the fellow uh, friend and college classmate of the gang yeah so with the new we talked about some of the like the cameos how do you feel about the roles um and one of the things i before i get there unlike the original scream as we moved on i think the first thing we see with this one is the diversity of the film we have omar epps we have jada peekett we have um elise neal we also have I can't remember his name. He plays Gail's cameraman. Um, oh, Joel Dwayne oh, Dwayne Martin, I believe uh, his name is. Yeah, you mean the the only the smartest character in a horror movie ever. Yeah. he literally got the fuck out of there. The the, the genius, like <laughs> everything, screaming, get get out of get out of this movie, get out of this movie. And he did at that one point. Just said, here's 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 your camera, here's your films. I'm out of here. You guys are crazy. I'm not gonna die. This shit ain't worth it. Yep. And he left, and, and yep, <laughs> smartest move ever. So, um, how do you feel though with like, because these really uh, Elise, Mickey, and Derek, or excuse me, Elise playing the role of Haley, Haley, Derek, and Mickey are kind of the new supporting characters that uh, complement yeah. Randy, Sydney, um, Gail, and Dewey. How do you feel about these new characters? Uh, I I like them for the most part, but uh, I, I will say uh, I, I was kind of disappointed. Did that that Mickey? We only see like for like for like a for like a little bit, and then there's like forty something minutes where we don't ever see Mickey again until the very end. Where you know, spoilers, uh, spoilers, but you know we're going to say it. Uh, he's revealed to be one of the killers, and it's kind of like, oh wow, the guy who we haven't seen forty five minutes is the killer. Wow. But uh, like I wish they would have done more with him. But uh, he he was an interesting character. Uh, and uh, Derek, I don't know. Uh, I always felt I don't know. I, I I was never a big fan of Derek in Scream Two. I don't know why, but I didn't really like it. But I do like Haley. Uh, I thought she was a really good friend for Sydney. And I, I don't know if you know this, Jr. But you know that uh, one of the original scripts for Scream Two. Uh, it, it had a fake ending on purpose because uh, they figured people would try and leak it. So they wanted a fake script out there that, that got leaked. So people wouldn't know the, the, who the killers were and the, the one that got leaked, the killers were, were, were Haley and Derek. 
Uh, the ominous leaks. What is, yeah, which, which would have been odd, wouldn't it? Well, so I think with Haley, it would have been different because... I mean, Randy alludes to it. Female killers are not necessarily... I mean, uh, they had that discussion in the film, Randy and uh, Dewey, that female characters are not exactly a, you know, common, if you will. They're not common. It's very rare for it to happen. You know, obviously, we know Mrs. Voorhees in the original Friday the 13th, but it, it is a rarity in the horror film. And I think that's actually the line, if I'm not mistaken, that Randy says it's a rarity in the horror film, but it does exist. I think it would be it would have been different. I think with Derek, one of the things is I felt they tried so hard for people to know he's not the killer. Like this is not Billy Loomis. Like he is not the killer. And so I can see why it could potentially be a turnoff because you wanted to believe in your heart that they wanted you to believe he was he's such a good guy and that he's not gonna be the killer. It's gonna be somebody that you don't see coming. And to be quite honest. We didn't see it. I mean, in my opinion, I didn't see it coming. I mean, because the um, and we'll we'll get to the killers at the end. I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, not that we're gonna, well, obviously we're going to spoil it, but not right now. But I, I think I could see that um, some some other characters to talk about. We have uh, Lee Schreiber, who uh, was very minor in the original Scream. He plays Con Weary. Con Weary was obviously we know, but was framed by Billy and Stu. For the death of Maureen Prescott, Sydney's mother, he has a role in this film, uh, basically for redemption, like a redemption arc for us to get to know him. What did you think about Khan's uh, role in this film? Yeah, his role was weird. It was like it's kind of like he wasn't really trying. It's like I see where people can say he was trying to be redeemed, but he still wasn't a good person. He was still like a shitty person. Like he was basically. Uh, like at the end, like near the at the end of the film, whenever he goes, when he saves Sydney, he literally only saves Sydney because she agreed to do the uh uh the uh is it uh who's that talk Diane Sawyer yeah yeah Sydney agrees to Diane Sawyer uh I'll show him like he looks at Diane Sawyer so Diane Sawyer's looking good he's like yeah uh, do it and I'll do it and so then he saves those like he kind of only did it because he wanted to be on the show and then whenever he meets her in the library over the first time he wants her to do the talk show with him it's like he's not motivated there as a trying to redeem himself and show that he's a good person he's just trying to get famous well i mean i completely understand but i think one of the things also remember is that he was he was literally within a few you know a few months of being uh you know put to death as even as gail says that they're gonna gas him you know he was gonna give the death sentence so at the same time i completely understand is like hey uh i was almost dead and this essentially, you know, I have this tar you know, I don't not target, but I have this cloud that's overleaving me. I need to get some some sort of like compensation out of this because of what happened to me. So I mean I kind of I kind of get um why he's so uh aggressive because he is a very aggressive character. Um I mean, without a doubt, you know, with the way he kind of and there was a scene when they're in the library, he kind of came after um Sydney about the Diane Sawyer interview, but that's just uh, I liked him as I like him as an actor. I thought he did a good job. Um, so I want to touch upon touch upon uh, a death. So obviously we've seen one of the originals from Scream, 
was killed. Uh, Randy was um, killed by, I think, about halfway through the film. How do you how do you think this affected the film? Um, do you think you know? Obviously, you we you and I have seen all the screams after that. Do you feel that his character uh, has been re- replaced, or you think it left a void, or um, in the future sequels? Uh, I definitely feel I can definitely see where people would would think that uh, it left a void, but especially in three. Uh, because Randy was was a fan favorite and still is till this day, and some people you know argue back and forth that he shouldn't have been killed in in this movie. Uh, yeah, he like he, he definitely left a void, uh, but you know th- which later gets you know sort of filled with Scream Four with with Kirby, uh, and then in the new one. Uh, his cousin, his uh, his niece uh, Mindy, which is which is like him too, which is really neat. But like, it, it does kind of seem odd that they keep like bringing in like a person who's supposed to be like the Randy role, but yet you know they kill him in the second film. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things with this film um, is Randy was. What made it different is like you had you learned about horror in Scream. Randy, the character of Randy in Scream One and Scream Two taught you about the horror genre. And even in his cameo role, he kind of taught you about the horror genre again. And especially when you look on into Scream Three with such a new cast of characters, because the original the only thing we had left for pretty much the entire film or was um Dewey and Gale were really the, you know, in most of the film because of, I think it was due to some contractual agreements. Sidney Prescott's role, played by Nev Campbell, Nev was not was not in the film as much as people think I because of, I think her contract was she was only going to film for, for like eight days or something like that. Uh, we'll, I mean, we'll get into that when we cover Scream 3, but so I can definitely see how, especially when people love originals is like, Hey, we want those original characters back. So when he, with his death, it definitely left that void. You know, one of the things, um, as we cover the actors, we cover the setting of it. We learn more about the horror, you know, the rules of the horror sequel. Um, and we kind of get to the end is in the, towards the ending scene where we build the killers. We end up finding out that, uh, Mickey is one of the killers of the film. How with this, it definitely seemed different because he was a supporting character, but as even the supporting characters, he really didn't have, in my opinion, that big of a role. How do you feel about this current twist? Yeah. Like I said, I feel like it would have been a lot more impactful if we would have actually, because like before when he gets revealed, it's like we haven't seen him in the past like 30 or 40 minutes of the film. So it's like, oh, wow, the guy we haven't seen in like the past 40 minutes is the killer, the shocker. But uh, uh, I feel like it would have been a lot more impactful, though. But he actually is a, a pretty decent one, a pretty decent killer. And one of the things that gets overlooked is the fact that the other killer reveals that they bet that that they met Mickey on a serial killer website, which would possibly indicate that he's killed people before. 
So this is like that's what's some of the thing that, that gets overlooked about Mickey. He's not here just killing uh, in this one. Like he's apparently killed people before that that I didn't know about. Well, in in some ways, he may have been set up as the fall guy because the second killer, who I think is the the main killer, is um, played by Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. A lot of people know her from uh, from Roseanne. Um, she yep. plays Roseanne's sister. Um, she's as Jackie. She's also the Sheldon's mother in the Big Bang Theory. Plays you know Mrs. Cooper, and she plays Mrs. Loomis, the mother of Billy Loomis. Like she's, in, yeah. which is weird because she plays uh, her name in the film is Debbie Salt, but she revealed and she's a news reporter that we see like once or twice, and then never see her again. And then she gets revealed to be Mrs. Loomis, and it's like. Oh wow, that's Billy's mom! Wow. Well, and one uh, of the things is um, you kind of a bit of foreshadowing or you know dropping hint is that uh, there is an interaction where I believe it's right after Dewey and Gail meet with the the kind of the chief of police of the area. Um, yeah, that Debbie Salt, Mrs. A.K. also known as Mrs. Loomis, she's talk trying to talk to Gail, and they say, "What about?" She says, "What about Dewey?" Like. You know, could he be the killer? And Gail like stops and says, "Dewey's, you know, the best. There, you know, the best person there is. Like he can't be the killer." And the character, yeah. uh, Debbie Salt, you know, slash Mrs. Loomis says, "Well, if the original kill, if the killer is copying Ken, the the original murders, maybe the maybe the the killer is from Woodsboro. That's all. And it's kind of like, ha, huh, little subtle hint. You know, Mrs. Loomis. Yeah. It, you know. Oh, yeah." That's not the only one. Uh, there's also another one where uh, Gail's uh, Gail's talking to uh, Gail. Gail and Dewey are talking to somebody, and uh, and they're with other media. And the, 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 she says something along the lines of, uh, "Oh no, uh, we're not the bad guys here. Uh, we're the good guys here. Unlike some of these people, indicating that." Possibly somebody in the news as a news reporter is not one of the good people, which was Debbie Salt. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's long rumored that she's the one who kills Randy. Uh, and, and if you know, Randy was kind of talking shit about her son, Billy on the phone. And then, you know, he gets killed pretty viciously. So it, it feels like he was killed because he was talking shit about, uh, about Billy. But whenever he gets killed, if you if you look in the whenever uh, Ghostface is in the van before it looks up in the background, there is a TV on, and it's on a news station with a news reporter on in the background, kind of as a, a little subtle wink that the killer is the the, the, the news reporter Debbie Salt. Yeah. So essentially, we get to the end. Um, obviously, just like the original, Dewey takes some, you know. Battle scars get stabbed but survives. Um, they end up killing uh Mickey and then true just like just like um Sydney Prescott did to Billy. Sydney puts a bullet in Mrs. Loomis's head to take off the last killer. Our final survivors are essentially is Gail, Dewey, um Sydney, and Con Weary, and at the end essentially uh, Sydney gives Cotton kind of like, hey, you know, the credit for saving everybody so he can get the spotlight that he uh, had wanted from the beginning of the film. As we're leaving 
basically, you know, kind of wrapping up our thoughts about this film with the ending. How do you feel the film left off compared to the original with our, like, our new our set of survivors? You know, we now have, unfortunately, instead of Randy, we got Cotton, Dewey, Gell, and Sydney. Yeah, it seems, you know, these are our, this is our, our trio. This is the ones who, who are going to live. And, uh, it, 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 it was an interesting choice keeping Cotton alive in, in this because it's like, because, uh, you know, when you see him in the, when you see him and you know who he's, he's from the original, he was the one who was framed in the original. You figure, okay, maybe he might get killed in this one, but, but he doesn't. He ends up saving the day. Which is which? All, all because you know he wants that dying SARS interview. Um, after this film, do you, in your estimation, did you think it was possible for a second film? I mean, excuse me, a second sequel, uh, which ended up being Scream Three. Uh, I mean, you can never really tell with this franchise because they don't really they don't really ever like leave anything to where it's like oh the, uh, you know the, they did this there's definitely going to be a, a sequel uh, except for unless if you know the franchise you know that at the end of the film whenever the, the credits are about to roll if there's a flash on screen and you see Ghostface for a second flash across the screen, that means there's a sequel. That's a nod that there's going to be a sequel that they've always left in there. So, like, we got that. So, you know, once you got that, you know there's going to be a sequel written. Uh, now, this one was actually greenlit while the original was still in theaters. And Kevin Williamson had already uh, wrote, like, a had wrote like a little draft of script uh, while he was uh making a oh, while scream the original the 1996 original was was being made which is really interesting uh um how do you feel okay so this one like some of the kills in this one honestly were a little blah like they really wasn't that great in here like there was some pretty boring ass kills in this film uh what was your favorite? Um, with this film, the I mean, I don't feel like there was anything like the kills were at anything was upgraded in the sense of like the brutality compared to the first one. The first one we had essentially you yeah. know, a lot of stabbings. Think, That's how I felt that the second one was kind of the same. Yeah. Um I think the only brutal kill in this whole film, besides you know, uh, Randy being massacred, was uh, when he he hits that uh, that cop is in front of the, the the car and he runs him over, and then he runs him through a, a pipe and like a, a, these pops that are sticking out of a truck uh, actually impale through the guy's head, and uh, that was a pretty gory kill, but that's like the goriest one. Um. I'll tell you what, I'll say, I don't know if there was what my favorite kill, I'll tell you the saddest moment was, like, you know, we talked about Derek, is Derek is at, yeah. you know, long story short, there was a fraternity hazing ritual that was going on, Derek was essentially, uh, for lack of a better word, was crucified on a symbol, um, 
what I mean, cruci- mm-hmm. in a crucified, you know, display, you know, he was, his arms were tied to this, uh, I don't, it wasn't, I don't think it was a cross, I think it was a star, but his arms and legs were tied to it, and it looked like it was similar to a crucifixion, um, and he's, and he's hanging on there when Mickey reveals himself to be the killer. He's like, hey, you can't trust him, Sydney. You can't trust your boyfriend. He's just like Billy Loomis. And Derek says kind of like, you know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And Mickey, you know, proving that Derek is a killer, shoots him, in the, sh- shoots him in the heart. And Derek kind of like looks down and just like says, I love you. I would never hurt you. And it's just like, God, that was like sad. You know, he truly did yeah. love Sydney Prescott. Yeah, he truly loved um, Sydney, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I will say his death is very, is very, very is a very let down moment because literally he just gets shot in the chest. I'm just like, yeah. Really? I mean, it's not a it's not a gruesome kill, That's and it. I mean, I think for in as far as like in the horror genre, you know, a bullet, a gunshot kill is, I don't want to say weak, but it's not like compared to what we've seen in, in other films, you know, where there's all slasher films or gore or films that have a lot of gore, we've seen, you know, it, extensive, crazy, gruesome murders. And so a, a gunshot wound doesn't even like really register for a lot of, a lot of us horror fans. So it, it just was just yeah. more of the, it was a situation where it was kind of like, man, that sucked. That was depressing. Um, yeah. Now, now before we wrap up, some little fun trivia. I don't know if you know a JR. Uh, so obviously at the little sorority house party where CC gets killed, the, you know, Sarah Michelle Geller's character where she gets killed. Uh, there's a party going on at the sorority. Do you, uh, wait, no, wait, Did she get killed. at the sorority? She, uh, She's at the no, next door house. No, no, she gets, she gets killed at the sorority house, but there's a fraternity. There's a there's there's a party going on during one scene. Well, I don't know if you know it or not, and I've I've always heard about this, and I finally did it, and I paused it, and I was able to finally see them. There's a in the, there's a house party scene where uh, at a moment where you if you pause it, Matthew Lillard is in the background as one of the party people, and and, and he literally was just there as an extra on set that day, so they put him in the party scene, which I thought was hilarious because you know. You know, Matthew Lillard played Stu from the original, so Stu Mocker was in so Spring. I did not see that, but recently, I think somebody has shared on Twitter. They had showed that he was visiting the set at the time, and he was like kind of messing around and goofing off, which I think that's cool. I think you know a lot of yeah. not not in life in general when you're a part of something um, a, that involves a group of people. Um, and you're working on a project and that project culminates, you know, it's a very surreal, um, kind of a depressing feeling. And I can tell you this, you know, kind of the, the only person I have is going through school. It's because you formulate bonds with people. You spend a lot of time with individuals, you, um, and you develop close relationships. And even if it's uh, a brief, time you know i don't know the exact the how many days they were you know running for you know rolling for film but like even when i run uh for those of you not aware i work in education i run summer camps you know my summer camps you know don't last longer than a month and at the end of that month you know the students are they're depressed 
I mean, because they feel like they've accomplished so much and they developed these bonds and they feel like I don't want it to be over. And I think, you know, that's one of the things with that, with the character, you know, of Matthew Lillard, Stu Mock being in Scream, you know, he potentially, you know, I not that I've ever talked to him, but he probably, you know, developed relationships with the, the crew and some of the original cast members of David, Nev, Courtney, and Jamie. And so for nostalgia, you want to stop by. And that's one of the things, if I was ever, you know, if you're ever potentially, you know, in one of these things, and I know people say, hey, I want to move off my career. But I think once you're there, um, it's kind of hard f- to, like, say, hey, I want, you know, for it to be over. You know, obviously, you know, like, for example, I think um, they'll hold me to this, but I think that's kind of what happened with Neff Campbell. And it's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of overplaying Sydney Prescott, which is why, she, you know, she wasn't in Scream 3 a lot. But, you know, I... I you know, I would would love to ask you, like, hey, you know, when you were there, like, did you kind of like change your your mind in the sense of like, man, I miss it, like, I miss these people, I miss being on set with this crew, like, we have these, you know, such tight bonds, and especially, you know, with this film being um, directed by Wes Craven, you know, everybody loved Wes, you know, you and you've heard nothing but good things from him, especially, you know, especially after his unfortunate death. Um, so I, I could see why he, you know, why he was there and meeting with everybody but um i kind of just wrapped this up as we said this was this film dropped in december of 1997 had a runtime of 120 minutes it had a budget of 24 million and it had a box office total of 172 million fortunately i don't i am i did not do the inflation calculation for that but um i'm sure it just based on it alone i mean we're talking about making um even if i round up i think my math is like seven times its money back you know 25 million you know basically if you divide that if you just round it up to um it it's it's close to that number i think it's close to seven times um do you do you have any um anything else you want to add before we uh put a bow on this and talk about our next film for next week uh, well, like Lajar said, you know this this scream cast. Uh, I mean, pretty much from what I've seen from almost all the films, they all seem to be a huge, a big family, and most of them all want to. Uh, it seems like they always want to like, even if their characters are killed off, want to come back and at least do something in some of the sequels I've seen. Which is just uh, one of the things I love about this franchise is just how much of a family it seems to be but uh, uh, uh one last fun trivia uh i forgot to add so uh the, the sorority house that cc's at i don't know if you caught on to this jr but not the outside the inside that you see inside that is actually the same uh place which is uh allison's house from hocus pocus oh interesting that did not you know yeah. it's one of the things in hollywood if you you know if we kind of think about it um how you have these sets especially for homes and it's not like you really don't want to destroy these sets because it's they're expensive to build and you can repurpose them or reuse them so that is you know that's pretty awesome but yeah that's uh i always thought that was neat because i remember watching it and seeing the inside of my man that that looks very familiar that where have i seen that from then i found out i was like oh hocus focus that's where i saw that but yeah uh but yeah, man, uh, S- S- Scream 2 was a, a really solid sequel to the original. Uh, and currently, after after the new one, it is 
in the fourth spot of my top five list of the Scream franchise currently. Yeah, Scream. I'd say, I'd say if I had to rate this, I'd probably give it mm, probably th- three and a half out of five. I would, uh, I'd probably give it, uh, I'd probably give it a four out of five. It, I just, especially for sequels, I think, you know, maybe our, my ratings is a little bit more lenient. Um, so, but I, I did enjoy it. It's still, for me, it, it's, um, after with the release of Scream 2022 is number three on my list. Scream! I tell you this, uh, for those who don't know, I've, I've, Scream Four will always be dead last on my list, um, unless I, I don't think that anything can ever is ever going to change that. So, but yeah, well, moving, um, kind of wrap it up, moving on to next week. So next week we're going to cover the film called American Psycho. It stars a Christian Bell. Came out in two thousand. Very interesting film. I've only seen it one time, so I look forward to revisiting this next week with you, Kyle. And um, anything else before I send them off? Uh, no, I think that that about covers. Well, it. with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we must bid you adieu. Uh, make sure you all stay safe out there, um, whether it's winter weather, snowstorms, um, as well as again the unfortunate ongoing pandemic. You know, Omicron is serious. Please take it serious. You know, way too many people are, are contracting it. It's highly contagious. And so be safe, hand sanitize, wear your mask, do all that stuff that we've been preaching to you guys for the last two years. Um, So have goodbye, good night, and remember, every day is Halloween. Red Rock.